Welcome to the Chasing Presence podcast, co-hosted by Santiago and Mike. This is a space where we share our insights for how to live a more spiritually aligned life. Join us on our journey to expand consciousness, live with purpose, and awaken to our true nature. Today, we're going to be talking about conflicts, conflict resolution, and interpersonal conflicts that come up in people's lives. Now, every human that has ever existed and that has lived to be past the age of three or four years old has experienced interpersonal conflict in their lives. It is a natural part of the human experience to at some point and at various points in your life, interact with people in ways that cause some form of disagreement or emotional discord or that breaks rapport in some sort of way. And when certain things happen, whether it's someone saying something mean to you or disagreeing on a certain topic or someone um, doing something that maybe uh, screws you over in some sort of way or they act out of integrity or you doing that those things to someone else, which you know we're, none of us are perfect. We've all made mistakes and hopefully learn from them. When these things happen and when people feel slighted or they feel disrespected, it can cause um, negative emotions to arise and it can cause people to engage in verbal and emotional conflict. And in the worst scenarios, it can even escalate to physical conflict. So what we want to discuss today are the ways in which we can handle um, these various conflicts that we find ourselves in, whether um, they are uh, provoked by us or whether someone else is kind of um, acting you know, in a, in a bad way towards us, right? Whichever way it might go, how can we be more conscious and aware individuals so that way we can reduce the uh, amount of times that these types of conflicts come up? And when they inevitably do come up, how can we navigate these situations in a way that um, is beneficial both for ourselves and for the people that we are interacting with? So um, yeah, that kind of sums up the, the introduction of it. You know, we all have dealt with various forms of conflict. Some people experience it more than others. I know certain times in my life, I have experienced more conflict than others based on <clears throat> the way that I carry myself and you know uh, the kind of the message that I broadcast through my body language and my energy. Um, so it's, it's been a process of learning to, to shift that in ways that are conducive to being in harmony with others rather than um, by, by the opposite of that. So Mike, what has been uh, your experience with conflict and how have you navigated it uh, in your life. Yeah, so um I have always been a person who tended to avoid conflict because the the um when when you meet conflict in the external world, it's generally going to be met internally with some anxiety or some negative emotions and obviously that does not feel good. And if you're not a person that can be self-aware, and kind of like sit with your emotions and not go down to the, the rabbit hole of identifying with them, it can be very daunting to engage in interpersonal conflict. Um, but for for the most part, before I started to really trust myself, I would be the type of person that would people please to avoid interpersonal conflict, to avoid those emotions that made me feel uncomfortable. And this is obviously toxic for many reasons. Um, the first of it being that if you are trying to people please, if you're trying to avoid conflict, then you are not being your authentic self. And what does that mean? That means that, for example, if you get into a relationship where you're trying to avoid interpersonal conflict, you are being inauthentic, the other person is not seeing who you truly are. And then when you finally begin to get comfortable and you show them who you truly are, they may or may not vibe with that, you know, because like, that's what happens. A lot of people put on the mask because they think that they need to have a relationship or that they need to make this thing work. And then they take off the mask and then, and then it's, it's basically like a house of cards. It just falls. Like there's no strong foundation in, uh, on which the relationship is resting. So it, it's very important to engage in interpersonal conflict, not willingly, but embracing it when it happens because every single person on this planet is so different and has so many different subjective beliefs and has had so many different experiences. Yes, we are all one. Yes, we are all the same, but we, we are at the same time distinct. We are separate. We are not separate, 
but we are distinct, meaning everyone is expressed very differently, but we all come from the same source type type of thing, uh, which means because of how complex and amazingly different that we are, we are going to, you know, have different beliefs. And because of the because of human nature, we have this thing called cognitive dissonance, which is, you know, if 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 something goes against our beliefs because it is safe, because we want to survive, uh, our brain is not going to like that. So it takes a level of awareness to recognize when you have this cognitive dissonance and use empathy to try to understand where the other person is coming from and un- try to understand, you know, they've had their own experiences, they are different than you, and kind of like sit with that discomfort, which which manifests due to cognitive dissonance and try to, you know, really work something out with the other person. Um, you know, sometimes it is prudent to even express emotions. And obviously you, you need the, the thing is, you know, I will express my anger sometimes, but I will, I will do it in a way that's controlled. Um, so for example, like if, if someone does something that, um, crosses one of my boundaries and when, usually when that happens, I, you know, I feel some anger or maybe some resentment, um, which is normal, but, you know, attaching to that and allowing it to completely engulf and envelop your life. That is not good. That is not normal. That is going to create chronic anger, chronic resentment, chronic anxiety. And that's not what we want because that's going to ultimately cause disease. So we just need to be, we need to learn to be aware of our triggers, be aware when these boundaries are, are crossed. And then, you know, it, it, so what happens to me is I usually have the anger or the, the negative emotion in my body when I'm trying to communicate with somebody, um, who I'm having a conflict with. And I, I try to remain calm, but I try to still allow the anger. I'm not going to push down the anger. I'm going to allow it to be there. And I'm still going to express it. You know, it might come out in my tone. My, my tone might show a little bit of anger, but I'm not going to be yelling, you know, which, which is just pure un, unconscious, you know, uh, lack of awareness. If you're just like yelling at somebody, you know, that's just like unrestrained anger, which, which is, is a little bit unacceptable. It's just, it's just a lack of awareness. But um, it's, it's this idea that when you just allow yourself to feel what you're feeling and really communicate to the person how you're feeling, um, and allow them to communicate to you how they're feeling, then you, you start to understand each other. And I, I'm going to go a little bit more into, you know, some of the, the more detailed ways that we can, um, you know, be in an argument and yet have it be civilized and, and work towards a solution that both parties can agree upon and maybe move forward and maybe not. But the whole point is, you know, you come to a decision that you both mutually agree should happen or maybe not. But the, the, the whole point is you, you go about it with, with awareness. And I think if we go into our interpersonal conflicts with awareness, it is greatly going to help alleviate the situation in a, uh, in a way that is, that has more long-term benefits. There, one of the things you brought up is that um, one of the things you'd like to do is uh, either avoid conflict back in the back in the past, you know, and what that brings up is this is an important um, point, which is that various people will have different ways of how they decide to handle or cope with conflict. Not everyone is going to deal with it in the same way. Some people, like you mentioned, will avoid it. So they'll just respond by, you know, walking away or um, you know, kind of ignoring the person or making a joke out of something and trying to just, you know, um, trying to avoid any kind of confrontation as much as possible to get out of it as quickly as possible because it makes them uncomfortable. Then there are people who are more aggressive, like when that anger comes up, they let that take control and, and they fight back in a way that isn't very productive and is just, you know, an unconscious uh, response based on the emotions that they're feeling. Um, and then there's maybe people who use passive aggressiveness. They're kind of in between. They're not avoiding it, but they're also not, you know, being super aggressive either. Um, a lot of these 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 three things that I just mentioned, and I'm sure there are others that I'm not thinking of right now, but these are not, tend to not be very um, productive or healthy ways of handling conflict. I think that, um, and there's also different situations, right? So 
there's conflict with people that you don't really know. And then there's conflict with people that who you're more familiar with. But I think as a general rule of thumb, trying to be proactive and trying to communicate effectively in the moment, um, either to come to a compromise or to try to solve the problem to, to where it can be a win-win is a, is an ideal way to go about it. Um, you know, Stephen Covey has a book, the seven habits of highly effective people. It's one of the and kind of the OG books on self-help and personal development. He's passed away a while back now, but he was um, very well respected in his field when he was alive. And in that book, he talks about seven different principles uh, for people who are effective at, you know, pursuing their mission, being successful in life, etc. And one of those was um, one of those principles is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Right. So. A lot of times when we're talking to someone who we disagree with, we just want to impose our will and our beliefs onto them to make them agree with us. And we're like, I used to be like this really a lot, especially back when I was like in my adolescent years, I was always trying to prove people wrong. I almost thrived off of like these arguments and debates and conflicts. And I just wanted to impose my beliefs onto someone else and, and show them like, hey, this is the way you need to think. This is, these, these are the right ways of thinking. Like you need to believe me, you're wrong. And that is a terrible way to communicate. First of all, um, you're not going to be, first of all, you're not typically when you're doing that, you're, you're not doing the necessary self-reflection to question your own beliefs. And so you probably have certain beliefs that are, are wrong or that maybe could be refined or improved to some degree. Um, and even if that's not the case, you trying to just convince people to think a certain way never ends up working. It just results in them pushing back or ignoring you. Like you're not going to actually influence them in a in a um in a in a productive or beneficial way by like trying to just tell them how to think it's just gonna it's just going to trigger their own ego to not like you <laughs> essentially is what that's doing um so this this concept and this principle of seek first to understand and then to be understood is doing the exact opposite of that which is and i still i still i'm not perfect at this like there are times where like it's it's hard to like before you share your ideas genuinely try to understand the other person's perspective first like ask questions be curious ask them what they believe why they believe it you know ask them about their past experiences and really try to get an understanding and empathize or at the very least sympathize with what that person is saying and why their worldview is the way that it is or why they're behaving in a certain way right because there's the, there's the conflicts about ideologies and beliefs but there's also conflicts maybe about their behavior and how they're acting and instead of just taking it personally and thinking oh they're just trying to hurt me or um, they're a bad person or they're inconsiderate you know you don't really know that so try to understand what's happening first because it might not be what you're initially thinking and then after that then say you know try to explain to them like communicate back to them what you're understanding them as saying like hey so what i think is what i hear you telling me is x y and z and then they'll say yes or no. And then if it's no, you can continue to try to understand them better. Eventually getting to a place where they're like, yes, this is what I'm saying. Now you understand it. You have a good idea of it. Now you can proactively respond with the, your point of view. And after you've taken the time and effort to try to understand them better, they're more likely to be receptive to what you have to say because they know that you, know, you actually care about what they're saying and you're actually genuinely trying to understand them. And so it opens up the conversation to be more, uh, to make both parties be more receptive and more open to the other person's ideas, which can actually result in a better resolution. It can result in you both having a better understanding of each other's beliefs and behaviors and viewpoints. And then you can come to a mindful and thoughtful resolution based on this effective dialogue that you're having rather than just trying to impose things on other people. And then the other principle that I want to talk about out of those seven is this concept of win-win, right? Stephen Covey talks about trying to find a solution that gives a win-win because so many people's paradigms in life is win-lose. If someone else is getting a benefit, that means someone else has to lose. That's how we, that's how a lot of people think about things, especially in Western society. It's like, well, if that person's making a lot of money, that means they must have had to screw over someone else to get that, right? Or if this person achieved success in this endeavor, they probably did something that was shady or you know um, immoral in order to get there. Or if, if two people have some sort of business deal, one of them is going to get the shit end of the stick. And that's not how it has to be. You can create win-win scenarios where both parties benefit. You know, um, when you go, <laughs> and this is very, this is a very like, not maybe not a great example, but it's what's coming to me. If you go to get a haircut and you pay your barber. $20 to get a haircut. 
Are you thinking, oh, they're screwing, they're making me pay $20, you know, to get this haircut. It's like, no, you, you're both agreeing that that's, you know, they're, you need a service, they need money, and you agree at a certain price point of what makes sense to both parties, and you're both benefiting from it. You're getting the haircut that you want, and they're getting the money to support their their life and their living, right? It's a win-win situation. Now, if you feel like you're paying too much or whatever, well, then you have to, you have to reassess that, right? But try to think of ways in which you can come up with win-win solutions to, uh, with the person who you're in conflict with. So maybe, you know, you're arguing with your parent or you're arguing with a significant other and you're trying to figure things out and start, instead of thinking of it as like, oh, well, if they get something that they want, that means that I'm losing out. It doesn't have to be that way. You can find resolutions that where both people are benefiting. And, and even if it comes at a, at a certain degree of compromise, you're both coming to some sort of resolution where you both get something out of it. And it's better to have a win-win mindset than a win-lose mindset. So those are two principles that I think are really important from that book. Yeah, I think I, I, I want to circle back to this idea of seek first to understand and then be understood. Uh, I think what skill that mentality really rests upon is the skill of listening. Um, and it's it's the idea that if you're if you're in a conversation with somebody, it is prudent to be a good listener and not try to be one one of those people who waits for them to stop talking so you can impose your own beliefs so you can hear yourself talk. So you, you're basically in a conversation to reply. Um, and there's many reasons why this is just completely, it's not, I, I wouldn't say narcissistic, that's a bit extreme, but it, it's just, it's just a lack of awareness because first of all, if I go into a conversation, I go into a conversation to have fun, you know, to, to maybe learn something from the other person. Um, and that requires listening. And it, it, if you enter a conversation where you're just trying, if, if you find yourself and here's the thing, I do the, I do that like all the time, but I, I have to really be aware of when I'm doing that. And I think part of becoming a good conversationalist and, you know, um, uh, solving interpersonal conflict is being a good listener and trying to understand where the other person is coming from. Um, so when I enter a conversation and like my, my, my first idea is, um, okay, I want to learn something from this person. What can I learn today? So it's like, it's it's kind of in you can think of it selfishly because it's like I I'm going in the, into this conversation not just to be in the moment, but also maybe to get something out of it. And like we we shouldn't be, ha have that mindset where we're trying to get something out of it necessarily. But if you're one of those people who is like me who in a conversation, sometimes you get this idea in your head and then that just occupies your mind and it takes you out of the moment with that person. And the, and basically the conversation is going to be dampened because for a conversation to fully happen, it takes two people to be fully present to just, you know, bounce ideas off each other. Just like how basically we were doing on our, on our shrooms trip, we were just bouncing ideas off of each other. There was nothing else going on in our mind except this, this intelligence that basically just, kept giving insights, right? And so I, th I think most conversations need to be need to be conducted in that manner where it's just two people having a conversation, learning about each other, maybe giving each other insights, um, and intense listening, you know, um, and then, you know, once you've listened, and once you've truly understood the other person, and you're fully in the moment that the intelligence of what to say next will come. I mean, the the one thing that I struggle with on this podcast specifically is, you know, sometimes when you're talking, I'll have this idea in my head and and internally I'll have the dialogue, "Oh, I don't want to lose it, so I keep trying to think about it." You, you know what I mean? It's like when when you're or or maybe someone like let's say in class, somebody is like raising their hand to ask a question and you still have a question in your mind and you're like, I, I need to keep thinking about this in order to not lose it, right? But then you're not listening to like this, what, what the question the other person asked that might actually help you. So I think it's very important to recognize that first of all, if that question, if that thing in your head that you really wanna tell the other person is really that important, then it's probably going to naturally come to you intuitively once you have fully listened to them and once you've fully understood where they're coming from. 
if you really think that it is so important that you have to completely stop listening to the other person just so you can get this out of your mouth it's just that's just egotistical completely because who's to say what you have to say is any more important than what they're saying right now it's not like what every person uh when they're talking just about you know something that generally isn't egotistical but if they're just talking you know they're in the moment they're talking to you they're taking some time out of their day to you know have a conversation with you it is you know our empathic duty to listen to them and to fully understand them not just for selfish reasons not just so we can become better people and learn but for you know they're it's a certain just level of respect that another human being is taking time out of their day to talk to you you know um so i think listening is very important just in any type of conversation it just in anything in general and some of the most effective communicated communicators out there are insanely good active listeners um so i think our our job if we want to get better interpersonal conflicts is to really become better listeners to become better active listeners because when two parties fully understand each other when they fully understand each other and they're not using their ego to cloud um or or to basically like push their beliefs onto the other person for the sake of pushing their beliefs onto the other person because like pushing your beliefs onto someone else like what does it accomplish it does not accomplish anything all it is is you you are reaffirming your own confirmation bias that's all it's doing if you're just pushing your beliefs on somebody without really trying to help them have their own insight about something which by the way it's not it's nobody's job to help anyone else have an insight about anything like it's like when we have conversations we should be having conversations for the sake of having conversations there's no there's nowhere to get in any conversation there's no oh i need to push my belief onto somebody so i feel better about my own stance no there's there's nowhere to get converse and, and you know like for for a lot of things in life there, there's nowhere to get there, there's no outcome that needs to happen out of anything it's just for the sake of doing it life is existence is here because it can be because it's because it is and trying to force a conversation or trying to even force conflict or dealing with conflict into a certain degree it's it's like um if you're if you're in a relationship with somebody and you know something happens where it's like it really crosses your boundary and it's it's really you know it, it's really crossing the line in a certain sense it's like if, if you go into this conflict being like, okay, I'm going to be aware, but you have some ulterior motive where it's like, oh, I'm going to, you know, break up with this person or I'm going to do this. I'm go-. You have this idea of what you want to get out of the conflict. I think that is kind of defeating the purpose a little bit. It, it, I, I feel like a lot of it is being aware of how you feel in the moment and letting that guide your decision while the the dialogue is is transpiring um and you know and you know maybe you can say that uh you should maybe be a little bit prepared about what what you're going to say and like you're kind of like a a rough idea of how you want it to go but also be open-minded to having it go any particular direction i'm interested to hear your opinion on that mode of thought I agree. I think that you should definitely have some sort of uh, map built out in terms of, you know, where you'd like the discussion to go, or at least where what the points you'd like to share, and the insights that you'd like to share from your perspective and to have some sort of objective, I think is fine. I don't think you necessarily should go into it with just, you know, completely no um, sense of direction or structure. Um, you can go in that way, but, you know, typically if there's a conflict, you know, there's something that you want to have be resolved and there's a certain way that you'd like it to be resolved. So having that kind of, at least, you know, in your mind thought out in terms of the main points you want to bring up and, you know, what you're hoping to get out of it, I think is, is a proactive way to go about it. But then like you mentioned, also being open to surrendering to the dialogue in the moment as it goes and being open for it to maybe take a turn where you didn't expect it to, right. And maybe, there will be some sort of resolution that you didn't think of, or maybe 
you'll get a new insight from talking with that person that you didn't think of beforehand. And that'll change uh, your point of view, or it'll change kind of the way that, you know, you want to go about moving forward from that point forward. So having some sort of, uh, of idea of, of what you want to talk about is important, but don't be so identified and attached to the outcome of the conversation to where you're now not being an active listener and you're not, you know, having empathy and compassion and listening to what the other person has to say and trying to really understand their point of view. So I definitely, um, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, another thing you mentioned too, is like this idea of like, if someone in the, in the class is talking and you're, you have a question based on what they're saying, you kind of tune out, um, to other parts of the conversation. I, I noticed that with a lot of people, you, you can talk, not that specific scenario, but, um, sometimes you'll be talking to someone, you can tell they're not really listening. They're kind of, they're distracted or whatever. And it happens, you know, it happens all the time. It happens to me sometimes. And even sometimes you know, on this podcast, when we're talking, cause sometimes we go on like pretty long rants, you know, we're talking for several minutes, you'll say certain things. I'm like, Oh, I want to remember to like respond to that thing. And then I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like remember various points of what you're saying, not because like I'm too attached to that point and I want to speak right then and there, but because I want to make sure that, Oh, I'm, I want to make sure I remember this. Like when, it, you know, when I start talking again, like what if I forget it? Blah, 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 blah. And then I, it takes me away from what you're currently saying. And then, so it can be challenging to, to navigate that at times too. So it's just important to, to be aware. But I think if you are really present and listening when it is your turn to speak, it'll just naturally, whatever needs to be said will naturally come out um, as you're having that conversation. Um, yeah, so, so with these conflicts, it's important to be a good active listener, but there are also conflicts in which, um, maybe you're talking to someone who you don't know very well. Maybe you're in a public setting, um, and someone is rude to you, or they say, maybe you have like a negative interaction with, I don't know, maybe like you're a customer and the person working at the retail shop or the restaurant, you know, says something mean or sarcastic or, Whatever. There's so many different examples of this. I'm sure that everyone has gone through where maybe you're having conflict with someone you don't know as well. I think it is important to learn how to try to de-escalate certain situations. That way they don't continue to get worse and worse and boil up into a scenario that, you know, can create real issues. Um, so it's, it's just important to say like last night, for example, I was, uh, took an Uber ride with my friend, um, from, uh, from an event that we went to and he, uh, the, my friend kind of slammed the door when he got out and the driver was like, he rolled his window down as we were walking in and he said, Hey man, don't slam my door. Now, it's, you know, at this point it was like 10 o'clock at night, uh, on a Saturday night. And I could have decided to escalate that situation and tell the guy off, but who knows what that would have led to, you know, we're in Texas. A lot of people have guns. What if you had one? pulled it out like it could have it could have gone bad if I just decided to like be aggressive towards him instead I just I literally he wasn't even really I don't even know I think he was talking more to my friend than to me because my friend's the one who kind of slammed the door and I just said my bad and just kept walking and then the guy kind of you know it was just luckily it didn't lead to anything but my point is that there are these situations like that and I've had many other situations some that were much worse I mean when I used to go to um out to bars at night back like three four years ago I would go somewhat regularly with some of my friends. There were several instances that almost resulted in fights breaking out because especially in those settings, people are drinking alcohol, they're drunk. A lot of people are trying to blow off steam from their work week. And there's a, a large polarity between masculine and feminine energy. There's guys who are like looking to pick up girls. And you know, a lot of the guys have big egos when they go into that environment and they start drinking. So there are multiple occasions um, where it got pretty close, you know? So I think it's important to try to these, these situations can be challenging because you don't know the person. All these people can be largely unconscious, but I think it's important to try to do your best to stay mindful and aware and to try to deescalate the situation instead of making it worse than it has to be. And then it could result in something happening that, you know, I mean, a life could be lost, a serious injury could happen, lawsuits, whatever. It's best to try to avoid those and to try to deescalate. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts on deescalation? Um, yeah. So like you, I've been in situations where it's generally out at bars drinking alcohol in my past where I've very closely almost gotten into multiple fistfights. And I think my mentality when it comes down to that is, um, 
anyone who's trying to get into a fight just doesn't deserve your time. And I think a lot of people, you know, what happens is their ego gets involved, their pride gets involved. And it's kind of like the same idea that like a lot of people don't want to be wrong in arguments. You know, it's like some, some people feel like their their sense of pride is is bruised because they were wrong about something or some this other person wins the argument or the, this other person gets a hit of ego pride because you decided to just walk away from a fight, right? Um, and what it all boils down to is just pure ego, you know? Like nobody who's in a, a state of awareness is going to start a fight, you know? Like nobody. It, and it's only someone who is defending their own their own sense of pride or their own ego, you know, it's like, it's like the idea, like this has happened to me multiple times. I've given certain guys eye contact, you know, uh, when I was out at bars and then like, they'd be like, stop looking at me or, or shit like that where it's, or there's like, if you keep looking at me, I'm going to like, like fuck you up. And it's like, all right, dude. Um, I mean, the thing is, it's like, if you're in that situation and you're just like, and your sense of pride gets involved, and then you're like, oh, I'm just going to keep looking at this guy like no one talks to me like that type type of thing, then yeah, it's going to start a fight. And, you know, it's like, but what do you get out of that? You, you get a short hit of pride, right? And then you, you, you get beat up. Or it's just like it escalates to a point that nobody wins. It's a lose-lose situation just because two people were not aware enough to realize that a, a quick dopamine hit from from an ego from an ego stroke that because you're not backing down is causing all this damage. It's just a complete lack of awareness. So it's like if you get into those situations where some like some Uber driver like like I mean it sounds like you probably just shouldn't slam someone else's car that you're. <laughs> that you're i don't know riding in well, I, I think what happened was my, i that. think what happened was his this uber driver was playing his music very loudly it was like extremely loud and he was um yeah and i think my friend just got annoyed so he slammed at the door so why would you just friend, ask fr- him to turn turn down the music <laughs> the friend was that i was with is a low-key npc a non <laughs> a non-playable <laughs> character for those of you who are unaware. Anyway, they were both the driver and my friend were both NPCs in that moment. And I think actually what happened after, because they dropped, they dropped, he dropped us back off at my apartment, which is an outdoor apartment complex. And so I kind of just was like, my bad, kept walking, was ever. I was, just, I didn't really care about the driver, honestly, because I, I didn't really do anything, and I didn't feel, I didn't feel particularly threatened. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna insult anyone here but basically well apparently apparent, well hold on let me just finish this really quick <laughs> apparently what happened is after i had left the uber driver pulled up next to my friend's car and rolled down his window and tried to like prevent him from leaving almost and then my friend was able to like drive away and like slip out so it, it almost escalated into a more serious conflict apparently afterwards and i reported that uber driver and i got my ride comped it was a 35 dollar uber ride and i got it comped by uber so I got a free ride back because of that conflict. So there is the silver lining. Nice. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I would say like if we're talking about like dealing with conflict, like in that situation, um, like th- there's no reason why your friend or anyone in the car who was annoyed with the music should not have communicated the fact that the music was too loud and just like let it like let do, – do you see what was happening? Like you let the anger just like kind of like – stay inside you're not communicating and then you do some rash action you know I, I i'm not saying like there's anything right or wrong but like when you're just like letting things like be pent up and you're not communicating it to anybody else it's like and you're not like showing your authentic feeling you're like hey i don't like this and you're just like letting it fester like it's going to lead to actions like that where it's like maybe you make some some rash decision due to emotions not being expressed that then escalates situations. Um, so I think that's also important is to be aware that you need to communicate your feelings to people. Um, and especially when it comes to like uh, just dealing with random strangers, it's like they don't know you. They literally have no idea who you are. So it's like if someone is being rude to you and they have no idea who you are, why would you get offended by that? They literally – they they like, it's one thing for like, you know, like – you've been with someone for two years and they're just like rude to you for no reason. 
like yeah i i would say it's a, it's appropriate to get a little emotional there and then you communicate your feelings but like when it comes to like some random asshole on the street who's just like being rude to you like just like if you just think about it for a second they just have no idea who you are it's all that's just a reflection of them and their own state it has nothing to do with you um obviously sometimes it can be hard to make that recognition in the moments but like just like the the more you think about it the more it makes sense it's like if 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 this person is just lashing out at you it's 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 a reflection of their own state and then you being able to be aware of that in the moment is re- of a, then a reflection of your own state because you can't control the world you can only control your response right so i think it's like when it comes to like de-escalating situations like that it's just not it's just responding in an in in a state of awareness you know like sometimes you might have to respond you know like which is why it's good to you know in in my opinion i know this is controversial but like owning a gun and um you know having some sort of training in martial arts is a great way to de-escalate a situation that potentially you can't de-escalate just through sheer dialogue um and i think that that is fine you know you de-escalate it to a point where you get the person onto the ground and so they can't do any harm and then you talk to them from there like in my head that's probably what i would do and given a situation where someone can't be uh the the situation can't be alleviated and the other person is, is fully wrapped up in their own ego and they feel the sense that they have to fight to defend some sense of self um so yeah when it comes to de-escalating things like that i think it's just it's just awareness and 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 kind of like thinking it through um and then the other thing i want to talk about is just when it when it more more detailed like, like i mentioned earlier a more detailed way to deal with interpersonal conflict um and i think this can also actually go for when it comes to dealing with conflict with strangers um, and I read this in the uh, 12, 12 Rules for Life by Jordan Peterson. Um, and it was, I think he was, he was analyzing a text by a, another behavioral psychologist, I believe. I'm probably, probably butchering that. Um, but the, the whole idea was that if you go into an argument – and the first thing that you say in the argument is, okay, like th- this is how I believe that this should go. We should first, like one person should be allowed to fully articulate their stance and how they feel. And then once that has been fully articulated and the other person feels that they have gotten it all out, the other party then repeats back to them what they said and to, to make sure that the other person, you know, uh, or to, to make sure that that person understands exactly what that person said, and then that person articulates their interpretation of what they said. So this is the idea of making sure that you fully understand where the other person is coming from first. And this is kind of like, this takes a step back. And this, this is this is with the, the full basis of empathy involved in any type of argument you fully understand where the other person is coming from first you need to have that awareness going into an argument and then once you have fully interpreted their words correctly then you say what you're meant to say so seek first to understand and then be understood but it's not just having that abstractly in mind it's literally at the start of any argument or any conflict saying that let me make sure i understand you first the second you say that the more open-minded the other person is going to be like I, I i can almost guarantee you any like in any different in any certain conversation i've had where i've been vocal about trying to understand the other person showing empathy the other person is going to be open-minded and the, the argument's going to go way better so it's like I, f- I feel like just taking that extra step to set the tone of a conversation or set the tone of an argument in which you communicate to the other person that you're willing to be empathic and you're you're here to understand and you're and you're here to come to a mutual solution that is a win-win i really feel like that mentality can just greatly bolster our 
are not only our listening and conversational skills, but the ability to handle conflict. Definitely. I think, um, you know, paraphrasing what they say, it's making sure like paraphrasing, mirroring, these are things that you can do to make sure that the person feels heard and also uh, reaffirms that your interpretation of what they're saying is accurate. And then you can move forward based on that. Because oftentimes what happens is people, they go back and forth and they're not, they're over speaking one another, maybe not literally, but it could be literally too. But in the sense that one person is saying something, their person isn't actually absorbing it. They're just responding based on emotion and based on being reactive. And it doesn't get anyone anywhere because you're not building off of anything. You're just going back and forth. It's just like, it's like you're just butting heads, right? It's not building a solid foundation in which you can build up towards a solution or, uh, you know, some sort of common ground. You're just, you're just, uh, you're just, yeah, there's just no productive um, output from just trying to impose like your beliefs on someone else and, and trying to be aggressive about it and not understanding what they're saying. But when you do use that active listening and when you, you know, ask the person what it is that they're saying and then repeating it to them in a way that they agree makes sense, then you can move forward and build upon that. Um, the other thing too, it has to do with just your own emotional regulation. You know, you mentioned, um, like when, when someone lashes out at you, it's really a reflection of their own internal state, right? Oftentimes our ego gets triggered by it from our own traumas. And then, you know, we feel like we have to either like defend ourselves and say something mean back or we get hurt by it. But, you know, when someone is, um, when someone mistreats another person uh, for no reason, and, and usually there is no reason, right? Um, someone says something mean or they're disrespectful in some sort of way. It's... It's really is has to do with the their own um, baggage and negative emotions that they're experiencing, and as uh, you know, independent of what the person they're saying something to is doing, they're experiencing these negative emotions. Maybe something that someone else does triggers it to come out more, and then they decide to lash out and spread it because they have all of these negative emotions that are balled up within them, and they feel the need to spread it and release it. That's what humans do, and when you have negative emotions in you, you feel the need to like spread that to other people so they feel it as well. You, you're not consciously doing that, but subconsciously, unconsciously, that's what you're doing. You're trying to like spread that negative energy and that trauma energy onto other people. The opposite of that is true as well. If you're someone who is experiencing a lot of positive states and you're feeling happy and you're feeling expansive and joyful, you're going to want to share that positive energy with other people and like have people share in that, in that vibe and in that energy because you're feeling good. You want to share that with people. It's the same thing when you feel like shit, you're like, I want to make other people feel like shit. You're not, might not consciously think that, but that's essentially what's going on there. And when these interactions happen where someone says something messed up to someone else, that is exactly what's going on. They're acting unconsciously from the trauma and the negative emotions and the stress and the anger and the, whatever it is that they've gone through in their past. Someone else then does something that some, for some reason triggers them and then they decide to lash out at them. And so it's really just a reflection of your own inner state. And so if you can, but if you can, like, like, like we've mentioned many times on this podcast, you can't control the thoughts, emotions, and behaviors of other people. All you can control is how you respond and how you move forward based on your own thoughts and emotions and, and regulating your own internal state to try to be as proactive as possible. And so if you can do the inner work uh, required in order to release trauma, in order to um, regulate your nervous system and your neurochemistry and to um, access greater and more frequent states of um, high vibration energy, you will be less likely to have negative interactions with other people. It could still happen because sometimes the light in someone can, can trigger the darkness in someone else. So it's, there's no guarantee, but generally speaking, you will start to have more positive interactions and that'll be the, the majority of the types of, uh, types of, um, interactions that you have with other people and it'll probably result in less conflict. So you also have to take responsibility for your own thoughts, your own emotions and the own energy that you're carrying around because you are sending a subconscious broadcast to other people telling them how to treat you. You know, um, th this is hard to break down and I'm not a psychologist. I can't get down into the nitty gritty of it. And I don't want to, I don't want to blame like, for example, victims of bullying, but there is something within like the more someone is bullied, the more likely they are to continue getting bullied because other people then can sense that trauma in them and they know that they're they're a target. They know that like they're an easy target and they can pick on that. And so, but if you, there are other people though who have carried themselves with more confidence and 
they're not going to get picked on because people can tell like, okay, that guy is not someone I'm going to want to mess with. I can tell that he carries himself well. And, you know, bullies like to target people who they perceive as being, you know, more vulnerable. Right. And so if you can change your own internal state, you know, to, to get yourself to be more confident, but not egotistical, like you don't need to, I mean, that can work too, but for the purposes of, of really aligning with your spiritual growth and development, there's a way that you can carry yourself that is where you, you are carrying yourself with a certain degree of confidence and self-assuredness without it being arrogance um, to where people are less likely to try to like pick on you as being a target because they can tell like you're well put together and whatnot. And so you're less likely to have those negative interactions when that does, when you do put in that, put in that work, both the inner work for your mindset, but also the outer work in terms of, you know, like you mentioned, like learning how to defend yourself and things of that nature. Yeah. A lot of good points there. The last thing I want to say um, is how important it is to not only communicate how you're feeling to another person, but really understand where that is coming from out of you. So I've mentioned it many times, and I actually prefer this practice over meditation now when it comes to not just alleviating anxiety, but just kind of like understand what's happening in my body is journaling. Um, and every single time I do it, like for, for example, um, th this, this has come up a lot recently. Sometimes I'll be feeling anxiety for a certain, for a certain reason. Um, and I might understand the reason, but I might not fully understand it until I journal about it and really try to like ask the questions and get to the root of the belief as to why I'm, I'm feeling a certain way. So then it's like, it, it, and if, especially if it pertains to a certain person, um, if you fully understand why you're feeling a certain way, then when you communicate that feeling to the other person, you can then also communicate, oh, I'm feeling this way and this is why I think I'm feeling this way. Um, and that is a, not just a great way to like kind of have the other person understand where you're coming from because, you know, there's, there's being – there's understanding. Seek first to understand. But then there's also being understood. And if you want to be understood, you really need to understand why you feel a certain way. And you need to communicate that to, to the other person in a way that they can also understand. So it's like when you deal with interpersonal conflict, you you want to be understood, and it takes a level of of uh, articulation that is conducive to the understanding of the other person. In the sense that you sh you should be communicating in a way that is easy for them to understand. Because at the end of the day, you you comprehend certain things in your brain based on the experiences that you have, based on how you learned them. and But that's not necessarily how the other person is going to understand them. The human, the, the human individual is too complex. So you also have to be aware of that. That just because you understand something a certain way doesn't mean the other person is going to understand it in that same fashion. So it's like when you are seeking to be understood, and usually that is, you know, communicating how you feel and why you feel a certain way, you need to also communicate that using words that is conducive to the other person person's understanding. And if they don't, but then it's also kind of the other person being like, oh, I didn't understand that. Can you explain that again or in a different way? Sometimes we are in, in situations where the other person doesn't have that level of, of awareness. So we kind of have to um, have that awareness for them in a certain sense. And that will also help them realize that this is, this is a good way to communicate when they see you with this level of awareness, kind of like communicating your feelings, communicating why you think that, and then maybe, maybe they have a better perspective also as to why you're feeling like that. Maybe like you journal about it. Maybe you, you kind of understand what's happening and because you attempted to communicate why you feel a certain way, they're like, oh, but I, maybe this is why because I went through a similar experience like this. So I think it's important if you are going to go into a potential conflict um, with another person, like if it's like you know the conflict is going to happen and you have to confront them, it is good to journal about it in my opinion so that you can fully understand your own stance um, and then also trying to get the person – the other person to understand your own point of view, not not in the sense that you, you it's like, oh, I want them to understand my belief, 
but like in the in the spirit of of mutual discord to attempt to have them you know it's the idea that you know you're not really an expert on something until you can teach it to a fifth grader type type of thing you know and if if you speak in a way that helps the other person understand better you know you're not just explaining how you understand it then the the conversation is going to go a lot more smoothly and a lot more efficiently so i think that is something also important to be aware of you need to communicate your feelings. You need to understand why you're feeling a certain way or at least attempt to understand why so maybe the other person can help you and then be aware of the fact that just because you understand something a certain way with your own words doesn't mean the other person is necessarily going to understand it that same way. Yeah, there can be a disconnect between what you're saying and your level of awareness and life experience and the other person's can be radically different. And so that can cause a gap in communication that you need to be aware of and that can be difficult to navigate. But, um, you know, resolving conflict is very difficult. Communicating can be very difficult. It's not supposed to be easy. It can be, but oftentimes it can be very challenging. And so just like any other discipline or practice in life, the more that you, you know, put conscious effort towards improving, the better you'll get over time. So don't expect it to be like this overnight process. My communication skills used to be terrible. They're still, you know, they've gotten a lot better, but I'm still always working on it uh, to try to do better. And with that, I'd like to end on a quote by Thomas Crum, which is, the quality of our lives depends not on whether or not we have conflicts, but on how we choose to respond to them. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Chasing Presence podcast. If you enjoyed it, please spread the word by telling your family and friends and by sharing it on social media. You can also show us your support by leaving a review. Also, if you'd like to get in touch with us, our contact information is in the show notes. Please send us a message as we'd love to hear from you and get your feedback. As always, thanks again for listening. Stay present and have a great day.